Uh, Father God, thank you. And um, thank you for um, teaching us through, um, through the different gifts that you um, give us. Um, it's not by us or anything that we do, but it's by your power work. And uh, that has a lot to do with what we want to study today, God. That um, we want to be here, we want to be in this world. <laughs> to acknowledge the great things that you give us. And uh, great gifts. And thank you for singers, musicians, but most of all the word that uh, tells us how we want to be, where we want to go. Thank you for a lesson, uh, an important lesson that says... Uh, where we get out of we need to get out of the way and ask for your help to deal with the situation versus getting the situation to change. And I thank you for those words of encouragement. This one again, I want to welcome you here, Lord, to uh, stand with us, teach us, encourage us, and just pray, Lord, that for myself too, that I step out of the way and let your word speak what it needs to speak to our congregation and our body here this morning. And I thank you for the love, Lord, that you show us. We're so thankful for that. Do the same. While you're waiting, if you want to open up your Bibles uh, first to First uh, Corinthians, chapter twelve. That will be one of the. If you have something to mark, mark that spot. We'll read from there first, but then uh, you can also go to uh, Romans. You can have your finger in Romans also. It's Romans 12. Romans 12 as well. So 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 is the, where we're going to start. <laughs> so we're responding specifically to a text question that I got from, uh, from the congregation and just want to strongly encourage you to uh, keep feeding them to us. I encourage you if you're in a discipleship type relationship with somebody and you feel there's a barrier or anything like that going on, text the question. If you're dealing with a family member or a good friend, or in your Bible reading, um, something comes up that, that just you question about. I just really want to strongly encourage you to let us know. Because uh, just again to explain the situation is that every so and so many weeks, we want to give Andrew the opportunity to step back from the pulpit and the stress of, of putting a, such a detailed message that he does for us and all the research. We want to give him the opportunity to step back concentrate on his discipleship um, opportunities that week and then also uh, should I sit closer to that okay 
and then also just kind of give them a refresher. So those of us that are seeking uh, leadership positions in the church, we'll, our job is to step up, fill that gap, and help you with these questions. And we felt that was just one way we can help uplift the body of believers that we are here today. So again, please don't be shy and send your questions to me. And, uh, and if you don't have my cell phone number or to be able to text me, just please catch me after the service. So. We are going to spend this Sunday and next Sunday, we think, talking about spiritual gifts, but we're going to kind of roll through it this week and see what, what happens. Stuart will pick up the slack for, for next Sunday based on where we go with what we're doing here today. So what we want to talk, we have the two, the two questions specifically shared were, what are they and how does one know which one they have? That was uh, the exact words of the text message that we received. So today's sermon is, is going to be somewhat, or today's time together, not so much a sermon, it's going to be more of a defining them for you and showing you specifically four key passages in the Bible that specifically identify these are spiritual gifts. And then after we've defined them, we're going to go through all the different ones that are listed then we're going to talk about how does one know which one they have. And I believe you can also uh, grab that out of the scripture. And like as Andrew and Stuart and I were sitting around talking about this, there's still lots of questions that can come in and of this. But just so that you all know the path that we're on today, it's more about defining them. And so that you specifically as a church know where to go and find the biblical answer to um, a spiritual gift. Okay, so let's, uh, for the first question, what are they? Um, I refer you to Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 6. And I'll read that to you as it's up on the screen here. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body. With each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. So the potato head, Mr. Potato Head analogy works quite well. In order to complete Mr. Potato Head, many parts are required for him to look like something real, not something twisted and deformed. That's the same thing with our church. We are all have God-given gifts and abilities that when brought to the church and applied as such, not for our benefit, but for the benefit of the church and the common good, and we're going to talk about this more as we read the scripture, you see a complete picture. So just like if I didn't have a right arm and a left leg and a right foot and, and one ear, you'd look completely unpackaged. But as a church, with all those pieces together, that's how God means for us to function. The second uh, key passage about how does one know which one they have? 1 Peter 4.10. And uh, we're going to get to this on our 1 Peter series, but we get to jump ahead a little bit. Each one should use whatever gift he or she has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Okay, so those are two key passages just to kind of set us up for the questions that are ahead of us. All right, so now to our, our Bible passages. And so we'll start with Romans. Again, I told you 1 Corinthians, but if you could flip to Romans 
chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. And that turned out way smaller than I thought it would. So, I apologize. I don't even have a pointer for you. So, but I'll read them to you. We'll get them from the Word. Okay, Romans 12, uh, 6 through 8. And we'll read that for you. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Okay, so there's quite a, a decent list there. Is there a pointer on there? And my that laser. It's it's pointing red, but it's not showing up on there. That's okay. Okay, so Romans twelve six through eight gives us a list of uh, seven spiritual gifts: exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy. Prophecy, service, and teaching. And as you read through that, I hope that list matches up with what you read. Because again, we're going to the Word, and we want to make sure that we go by the Word as it's first and foremost. Okay. So let's move on to 1 Corinthians, is the next one. Chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to specifically look at verses 8 through 11. And 28. And I'll read that to you here. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Very much a key verse. I'm going to, before I keep on reading, sorry. And again, um, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of content that helped me prepare for this comes from our parent church from Pine Ridge from Dan Jansen who uh, spoke through the book of Corinthians and he spent a lot of time in chapter 12 and uh, he really really wanted to emphasize that verse and that's why I start with saying it before we get into the gifts is that this is really important now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good and just so we want to really nail that one down for the common good to one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. Understand that. Same Spirit comes from the same source. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He gives them to each one just as He determines, as God wills it. Pretty clear and laid out, I trust. Now, forward on to verse 28, if you could. I'll start with 27. Now you are the body of Christ 
and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and then workers of miracles, also having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. So again, more listing coming from 1 Corinthians. So I'll, I'll go through these um, as we derive them from the text. Administration. Apostle, discernment, faith, healings, helps, knowledge, miracles. Again, prophecy is repeated. Teaching is repeated. Tongues, tongues interpretation, and wisdom. Well, now we'll get you to turn to 1 Peter 4. That one should be easy for everyone to find if you got your notes in there from in the past. First Peter four verses ten. As soon as I hear a few less pages turning, I'll start for us here. <laughs> I'm usually one of the last ones to get to it. Okay, first Peter four verse ten. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength of God, that strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. It didn't seem right to just quit reading at 11 to keep on going. Okay, lastly... Oh, sorry, I should list them for you. Speaking, the words of God, and service are the key spiritual gifts that I pull out of that one. The ones that we haven't uh, ministered already. Um, Ephesians chapter 4. Matthew, Lark, John, Jacks. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 is another spot in Scripture. Okay. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Again, it's worth reading it all the way through because just to take the text and the actual gift and not, come, not look at it before and after, you sometimes miss the whole point of what's kind of going on. So, from Ephesians 4, we get apostle again, we get prophecy again, evangelism, pastor, and again, teacher. So what I want to do for you now is to go through each one of the spiritual gifts listed and I'd like to give you a definition behind it. And just so that we all, when you hear the word, sometimes, you know, we can be early years or later years, but until you actually see the definition of a word and where it goes, it just, how do you understand it and apply it? So there's 20. There's 20 spiritual gift listings in the Bible as a whole. And we'll walk through each one with a definition. And then we'll move on to our next question. 
exhortation. It's to come alongside someone with words of encouragement, comfort, consolation, and counsel to help them to be all God wants them to be. So an encouragement was one of the spiritual gifts that I heard mentioned that you were aware of. Giving. To share what material resources you have with liberty and cheerfulness without thought of return. Leadership. To stand before the people in such a way as to attend to the direction of the body with such care and diligence so as to motivate others to get involved in accomplishment of these goals. I understand that's a significant mouthful, but it's the best way to kind of lay it out for you. So leadership, getting up in front of people, sharing the vision of where you could go, and encouraging those to come alongside that, that vision and that goal. Mercy, to be sensitive towards those who are suffering, either physical, mental, emotional. Speak words of compassion along with caring for them with deeds of love to help alleviate their distress. If I need to slow down in any way, just don't hesitate to throw your hand up. Is that a lot? Slow down? Okay. Oh, well just as an FYI, don't worry about writing this out. I can print this for anybody and give you a copy if you want to. But if it helps writing it out, just because it sticks, because that's how I remember stuff, I write everything I, I look at, don't hesitate to say so. So exhortation, encouragement, giving, pretty straightforward, leadership, and mercy, also pretty straightforward. And what, while we're going through these, um, the wealth of everybody in this room has been in the church body, I would say, for, from a young age to, to, a, to the age you are here today. Um, at different levels of spirituality and understanding, I would say, too. I would encourage you as you go through these lists, as we go through this list, to reflect on it and recognize, because I think you will recognize that where, where they have been, where they are, and where they are now. And I think it's important that we understand them and know where they are now. Are you okay to go on, Abilene? No, no, I, no, Shannon's writing too. It's all good. Yeah. You're the boldest one to speak up, so I get to pick on you. Okay, definitions continue. Prophecy, one of the flashy ones to a certain degree. To speak forth the message of God to his people for edification and uplifting. Now, again, this will come out of discussion further, is further on in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 14, talking about prophecy is, is Peter deals with it dead on and thoroughly. And again, Dan has some fantastic messages online. I'm going to give you the website again after this. I strongly encourage, if you have the ability to sit and stream, something or sometime, well worth your time listening. We have a wealth of teaching that we have access to, and uh, him and Dexter, we're very blessed to have them. So prophecy, speak forth the message of God. Service, to identify undone tasks in God's work, however menial, and use available resources to get the job done. Teaching, 
to instruct others in the Bible in a logical, systematic way so as to communicate pertinent information for true understanding and growth. Again, a lot of verbiage, but I hope through reading that, you are thinking about the person that I'm thinking of when I read that spiritual gift. We get to hear him on most Sunday mornings. A guy is blessed with the ability to articulate God's word in a way that helps us understand it, I think. Um, administration. To steer the body toward the accomplishment of God-given goals and directives by planning, organizing, and supervising others. There's definitely some people blessed with that gift more than others when it comes to bringing stuff together, organizing, and, and making it happen. So, am I okay to move on? All right. Apostle. This was interesting. I, this is one thing that when I thought of spiritual gifts, it did not hit the forefront of my, of my mind. Apostle. To be sent forth to new frontiers with the gospel, providing leadership over church bodies and maintaining authority over spiritual matters pertaining to the church. Discernment. To clearly distinguish truth from error by judging whether the behavior or teaching is from God, Satan, human error, or human power. Very important gift. Faith. And ability to believe in the extraordinary work of God as it pertains to the benefit of others. And Dan, Dan had a good example of a, a story in Scripture where um, Peter was in, in, uh, in jail. And uh, he specifically shared more detail than that. But there was a certain amount of believers praying for him to be released from jail. Praying so much so that they believed it would happen. And it did happen. He did get out of jail as such. So like there's that kind of faith. The faith that moves mountains. Healings. To be the gift of healings to be used as a means through which God makes people whole. Either physically, emotionally, mentally or spiritually. Is it okay if I... I'll go, I'll go back. Because we will probably talk about some of these some more. I'm going to go back to that main slide. Helps. To render support or assistance to others in the body so as to free them up for ministry. That's a really important one, I think, in the church that we're around today. And one that, you know, I wouldn't say that we'd always look at and recognize. Knowledge. To seek to learn as much about the Bible as possible through the gathering of much information and analyzing of the data. Now this is, uh, and I liked, there was two definitions that I liked. This was the one that comes to you more from a, a dictionary point of view. The second one, the supernatural given knowledge of something that you did not know about until the Spirit gave it to you. And a really good example, again, that Dan brought forth in his message to the congregation was with Ananias and Sapphira. How did Peter know that they were lying? He straight up came in and said, you're lying. So the scripture doesn't tell us all the details around it, but he knew and accused them as such. So it's pretty, pretty significant. Miracles. The gift of miracles, to be enabled by God again to perform mighty deeds, which witnesses acknowledge 
to be of supernatural origin and means. So the words in this one I think are really key. It's key because it gives God front and center acknowledgement if that was to be the gift that was displayed. It's about God first and foremost and be the origin. Tongues. We all know about this one. Not so prevalent in the more conservative church atmosphere, but definitely um, out there in the society that we're in and going all the way back to church history. The ability by God to speak in not a human, but a heavenly language so that unbelievers or the church can hear God's message in their own language. Very important one. And again, it's for edification, it's for teaching the church, but in order for them to be present, it also needs to be explained, which certainly leads us into number 17, the interpretation of tongues. Just as God gives the gift of tongues, the interpretation of tongues is right alongside with it. The ability to interpret, translate the message of someone who has spoken in tongues so that the audience can receive edification. Very important. Uh, wisdom. The supernatural given discernment that enables one to speak extraordinary wisdom to a situation. And I think one of the best examples from Scripture I think we could get from that would be King Solomon. He was acknowledged to have just that type of wisdom that was renowned through the whole world that he lived in at the time. People specifically traveled and came to him because of that extraordinary wisdom that he displayed. And I think in my circles, thinking back, I've been fortunate to be in the presence of, of people that I believe have God given extraordinary wisdom because they just can speak into your life at the right time with the right word and I'm so thankful for it because it just gets you out of that rut that says, ah, that makes sense. Thank you for saying that. I didn't think of it, sort of thing. So we can uh, define wisdom another way. To apply the knowledge of life in such a way as to make spiritual truths quite relevant and practical in proper decision-making in daily life situations. This, to me, speaks to the area of biblical finances and teaching. Um, to grab from Scripture that which can teach us how to work through our finances and how to raise our kids in a biblical way. And I believe that gift of wisdom has been prevalent in our church through the impact it's had on Andrew's life and then kind of going through all of us that seek to know it more. Uh, number 19, evangelism. Very straightforward. To be the messenger of the good news of the gospel. And number 20, pastor. To be responsible for spiritually caring for, protecting, guiding, and feeding a group of believers entrusted to one's care. Definitely a spiritual gift, I would say. And not for all of us. But definitely some take that and run with it. And you've got to admire them for doing so. And, but we also got to give God the credit for that type of situation. Okay, so again, it's fairly... Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of... That's a massive information dump on you. 
But the most important thing to get out of this, again, looking at the questions, is to say, what are they? And that's how we decided to structure our service today, or our, our, our presentation to you, is to clearly articulate what are they, what are the main scripture passages where you can find them. Again, you're going to, I encourage you to read from different, um, um, what's the word, for different translations. Um, because you can get a lot out of that. Because again, as you just found out, there's different ways to define one word. So different interpretations of the Bible or translations have written it different ways. So again, Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4. Just want to really kind of nail those four down for you. That as you're thinking about or you're approached with or you're, you're studying or reading, those are your four key passages for finding um, details of the spiritual gifts. All right. Answering question number two is, we'll encourage you guys, it's only one slide. <laughs> How does one know which one they have? So again, are we gonna be spot on with our answer? Not sure, but we can look to Scripture for some guidance in this area. And through defining them and these two um, Scriptures, I trust we can kind of get there. So I'm going to bring you to 1 Corinthians again, chapter 14. 1 Corinthians. Wait. So, how does, which one, how does one know which one they have? I think there's a step prior to that. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So I won't, I won't go as far into the back end of that verse, but I'll strongly highlight follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. How does one know which one they have? Are you eagerly desiring? Are you petitioning the Lord to help you in this understanding or acknowledgement? What's your motivation behind wanting to know what your spiritual gift is? Again, if we're going to, and the reason I ask that is I'm going to bring you back to the key verse that I wanted you to highlight if you did in your, script, in your Bibles is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. You're eagerly desiring the spiritual gift. It's not for you. It's for the church. It's for the common good. And that's what the Scripture tells us. How does one know which one they have? We can also look further on in chapter 14. In verse 12, verse 12 says, So it is with you, since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. So again, building on what I just said, 
try to excel in gifts that build up the church. So what does that mean? What does that scripture tell you? How does one know which one they have? And I put four suggestions for you that you could use to answer this question. I would say one option would be community affirmation. We are a body of believers coming together on Sundays. We have the opportunity to hang around a fire pit on Saturday nights, which I hope was awesome. Sorry we couldn't be there. But thank you so much for the invite. Approach those around you. If you're eagerly seeking this, approach those around you to know more. But Scripture does say, pray about it. Eagerly seek the Lord. Again, go to your Scripture. Read your Scripture. Find what God says about these spiritual gifts. And number four, I got from an apologist that um, I, I like to grab captions from on YouTube. He's called the One Minute Apologist. His stuff is pretty solid. I, I've played it for you when we were meeting at our house. He said trial and error was a way to um, look at your spiritual gifts. As one body, as we come together on a Sunday morning, or as we function together during the week, there is a desire to be part of that group. We all want to be accepted by a group. And while your desire is to be part of that group, look for ways to serve. How can I help this group? Where do I come alongside this group? And again, the gift that God might depart on you is not for you, it's for the body. But is, and maybe I'm speaking out of context, I'm not too sure, and you can correct me on this, is serving somebody else and seeing the uplifting or the gain or the fruit of serving them not one of the most fulfilling things that you can possibly think of. To me it is. I absolutely love the opportunity to take something off of Andrew's plate and talk to him a week later and hear how his week went. That makes my heart feel awesome. And God blesses you through that. Like, that to me is one of the best things I can do for one of my best friends, is to hear they had a good week because we were able to take something off his shoulders. And I think of Matt and Kayla. They're, they're in that pinch. They got this short time frame. They got to deal with all this stuff. And what can the church do? We can use our spiritual gifts, our God-given spiritual gifts. We acknowledge him as such to bring them and uplift them to saying, and we can do it in such a way that God has the glory because of it. And we're so thankful for you saying that today, Nicole. Because that's how the church functions. That's how we help lift each other and build each other up. Okay. So again, community affirmation. As we seek to officially have elders in our church at some point, talk to your elder. As you relate to them, as you trust, talk to somebody, a friend, someone that you trust. Talk to your pastor. Spirit affirmation. God says to eagerly seek them. It's right, right in his word. Seek them out. Again, spirit affirmation, read scripture. Those go together. Trial and error. If you're eager to serve in your church, <laughs> go after the administration one if that's the way you're wired. If it doesn't work out, that's not the end of the day. You tried. Next one. Helps. It, there's a list of them. And God, you seek God for them. And I trust you're going to see uh, good things out of it going to have one more slide for you and this is more on the lines of what I've learned through my studying 
and a bit of a, uh, how do you say, lead-in to our discussion time. And, and also to lead into what Stuart can affirm for us next Sunday. So these are some key areas that, again, I grabbed from my study time of spiritual gifts, and that also uh, Dan Jansen um, helped um, articulate as well. So I'm going to read through these seven points, and then uh, we can move into our discussion time, and I can leave these up here, or we can go back however we choose. A summary of spiritual gifts. Just like Mr. Potato Head has a whole bunch of different parts, there are many different gifts but they all come from one source, the Godhead. And scripture is very clear on that. They come from one source. They're consistent. There is no hierarchy of importance when it comes to spiritual gifts. The gift giver is the same and they are by his will. So there's no way you can say, well, there's no way that what we've read for scripture where you can say spiritual gifts one is more important than the other. And you're all probably in the same boat as me when you think of situations where potentially spiritual gifts are being abused. And I shouldn't get too far ahead of my points. We'll get that at the end. Spiritual gifts, they are given to you, but they are not for you. They are for the common good. And for the church body. It's, it's articulated in each passage that we looked at. They are real and still very relevant today. Very real and relevant. And that's why I wanted you to think of past and present. There are spiritual gifts in action in our church today. What's that? Oh yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'll go back to that. This one here, um, Andrew had a video about a... Uh, prominent speaker out there and I haven't vetted the video entirely but he speaks to the fact that the spiritual gifts are in cessation meaning they're not at work anymore again our church is going to concentrate on reading text for what it says before and after the context to guide us there's nothing in scripture that would tell us that this is not real and relevant. And just think about those around you. I'm sure you can see these spiritual gifts in action. They are not a display or gauge of spirituality or knowledge. I did not give you all the scripture passages as to where that comes from, but I wanted to put the statement out there because this is a path we could take further on spiritual gifts subject to um, how our discussion goes. And just to give you a hint as to where that comes from, the Corinthians, Paul's, Paul, Peter, Peter, who am I talking about? I'm getting mixed up on it. Paul teaching the Corinthian church acknowledges that the Corinthian church has gifts in play all the time. But are they a mature church? Are they, are they doing it right? Paul identifies that both those areas, they weren't mature and they weren't doing it right. But were they there? Definitely. So to have them, to display them, to, to have them in play is not a gauge on your spiritual maturity or your knowledge. They were in play. Did the, did the Corinthian church know about that? They didn't know, but they were eagerly seeking them 
and it had a lot to do with their culture. So just a bit of a seed for you. Uh, now, like I was saying, sometimes abuse the spiritual gifts, and you can think of the ones specifically. And the abuse is so overwhelming that we can struggle to think of them in a pure way. And for me, I put this point up there because this is part of my learning. When you talk about tongues, when you talk about healing, when you talk about miracles, they're supernatural and flashy. Um, and we can all think of the TV type scenarios. The, uh, I can think of in my past, um, growing up in an Alliance church with six kids in my youth group, we go to this other um, youth retreat at a more Pentecostal situation. We're in this, we're singing, hands are going, jumping, and then all of a sudden kids are laying flat and doing crazy stuff. And we're all redneck us looking around going, what in the world is going on in this room? We can all think of and I trust relate to such a situation. There can be abuse. I wouldn't articulate that as an abuse situation, but more understanding is needed. And just because biblical, biblical gifts may not be in operation does not mean they are in operation as God meant them to be. There is a right way. And God articulates that in Scripture here. So that's basically all I wanted to articulate to you this morning. And um, yeah, we can stop now and open it up for a time of dialogue and answer any questions that you might have. Or and I can go back to any slide if you want to do that as well. Father God, thank you for uh, the word. And. Uh, uh, we could get lost so easy in man's interpretations and, yeah, just trusting in the flesh. And thank you for the solid rock, the sword of your word that you prepared for us to help us through this day and age. I pray that each one in this room seeks that word as they walk through their week and seeks those around them for guidance and help and uh, we pray, Lord, that nobody in this room here feels like an island, that they feel that they can approach this body to help them with whatever need that they might be in. And may we be open and willing to help with them. Thank you for the food and the hands that prepared it downstairs. Bless it to our body's use. And just pray, Lord, that everyone has a great day of fellowship. Amen.